Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode six of the Wild Gravity Travelcast. My name is Jim, bringing you the latest uh, hot news topics of the week, as well as our feature of the week for the podcast, the Wild Gravity Travel Podcast or Travelcast. Um, this week, Brian was not able to make the show, unfortunately. He's catching up on work and stuff, which is understandable when you spend almost two weeks in uh, China and Japan, but he went to a lot of cool parks, um, not just the mainstream ones. He went to some smaller parks and checked those out. So I'm sure he'll be joining us either next week or the following week. Uh, hopefully next week he'll have at least part one of a trip report for us to talk about. And uh, we'll go from there on that. So this week we're going to feature, uh, I'm just going to talk about the best indoor coasters that I have been on. And I know there's some foreign that Brian will probably want to interject some opinions on uh, whenever he's on the show. But we're going to talk about that a little later in the episode. So I want to, once again, just give a shout out to everybody listening. Thank you for listening. Um, if you are subscribed to us, thank you so much for that. Our listener count is only going up. So I really do appreciate it. This is a project I wasn't sure if it was going to take off. Please share with your friends. Um, if they need something to listen to in the car, I try to keep it mostly honest, open, and positive. Um, so just uh, thanks again for subscribing, sharing uh, the show. So we're going to jump right in to the news of the week. There's not a whole lot to talk about. Uh, again, off season <laughs> is looming. It's almost over people kind of, I guess it's February. So, I mean, we'll have some kind of not Southern parks, but like Dollywood will open in March. Uh, Carowinds, I think opens, uh, soon too, like in April. So we have that coming up. <laughs> it's not as far away as it seems. Uh, so, but our first piece of news today, this week, is going to be Darien Lake. And Darien Lake uh, has done exactly what we expected them to do after being uh, bought again, sort of, by Six Flags. Uh, they have renamed and rebranded themselves back to Six Flags Darien Lake. I don't know that that means any big changes are coming, other than the great news that if you have a Six Flags membership, you can now use it at Darien Lake, which is pretty awesome news to me. Uh, the next little tidbit of news I thought was cool. Um, Kings Island is going retro with the Beast Trains. They'll be having that three different color scheme, uh, kind of the fire flame color scheme. You can check out Kings Island for that picture. We also shared it too. Um, but, and the blog post from Don, uh, which is a great write-up on the history of it. He's been sharing lots of great history on all of Kings Island and that as they prepare to celebrate the Beast's 40th. And I can't recommend enough uh, signing up to go to Coaster Stock if you're a member of a Coaster Enthusiast Club uh, and you've never done Coaster Stock. There's some great behind-the-scenes opportunities, especially the one uh, where you get to walk in. Flight of Fear is probably my favorite. Uh, Beast Walkback Tour, I've done that enough times now. But for those who have never done it, it is pretty cool to walk through the woods and just hear a, a coaster roaring through it. Uh, so can highly recommend that. Moving on to our next topic, uh, Busch Gardens Tampa is going to have a big event uh, to kick off March on March 1st before the concert for their special event. They're going to announce details on what's happening to Gwazi. 
Anybody who's everybody in the amusement industry already knows Guazzi's getting RMC'd. We've got tons of pictures coming in from various journalistic sources. Uh, so that's about it with Guazzi. Uh, that announcement, I believe, is at 5.30. Before the show, they're going to talk about everything. Kind of a very informal, in my opinion, announcement by Bush Gardens Tampa. But it will be cool to finally, hopefully, get a name and some relevant information for the uh, coaster that's coming. And I don't think, I mean, I'm not trying to be or sound like a Cedar Point fanboy or anything like that. I just honestly don't think, looking at the spectrum of it, I don't think it's going to be, um, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as good as Steel Vengeance. Maybe the concepts and the layout will be good, but I think Steel Vengeance is still going to be at least the best RMC in the country. Um I'm sure it'll be a great, nice coaster, but the fact that it's kind of already been revealed that it's not going to duel means that, to me, it's not going to uh, even be as good as Twisted Colossus in its dueling form. So we'll have to see. I know Alan Shuki Shilki. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> Sorry, Alan. Um, I know he comes up with great designs for coasters. If he's done this one, I'm sure it'll be an awesome, fun ride. It's just not going to be the length. I mean, Mean Streak had the advantage that it had a lot of structure to build upon and while Guazi does as well that wood is kind of old who knows what we'll get in the layout um but i don't think it's going to be as good as steel vengeance so for those of you up north going oh why did they get a new rmc i wouldn't be too concerned about thinking it's going to be anything better than steel vengeance personally uh that's just my opinion finally we got news from cedar fairs uh quarterly call, I believe, that they're going to focus more on the events uh, spectrum, i.e. Winterfest, food and wine festivals, or um, barbecue festivals, other little things they've been doing at their various parks. Knott's has like the peanut celebration, which branched out. Um, they're going to be focused more on that and not as focused, uh, spreading out the addition of intense, larger attractions or basically higher costing attractions. So coasters like Steel Vengeance are now going to be fewer and far further between uh, getting them at our favorite Cedar Fair parks, according to the way this sounded. It sounds okay to me, but personally, I worry that um, maybe they will get too involved in these special events. Uh, but they, the special events do make them more money. I can understand where they're coming from from the business perspective. Uh, and as far as the general public is concerned, you know, only coaster enthusiasts go back to – not co only coaster enthusiasts, but mostly coaster enthusiasts go back to Cedar Point multiple times in a year or any park multiple times in a year to ride the rides. You go back for uh, – the multiple different events. I mean, think about Epcot in Florida. You've got three, four events there between Christmas and uh, food and wine and flower and garden and festival of the arts. Now it's basically festival Epcot and, and soon it'll be IP Epcot with guardians of the galaxy. Um, <laughs> it already is kind of turning into IP Epcot, but I mean, we'll save that opinion and talk for another day. That's just a, uh, that's just what we're looking at right now with Cedar Fair. Um, we'll see how it works for them. We'll see if that affects Kings Island's plans moving forward. I would guess that for all you Kings Island fanboys out there, the Giga or whatever the massive coaster coming, I'm, I would guess that's safe. That's already paid for. But that may be the last coaster you guys we see down here in Cincinnati Metro for a very long time. 
So that covers the news um, of the week. Next up, we're going to talk about the indoor best indoor coasters that I've been on, uh, or my favorite indoor coasters. And uh, we'll get into that special feature after this little break. Thanks for listening again. Stay tuned for that special feature. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Um, Thanks again for listening to the ad. I don't make a whole lot of money off of those ads, but I do include them. I make like a penny per listen. I just really appreciate everybody listening through that. I know it's kind of long, and it's just me droning on about using Anchor. Um, Anyway, today's special feature for the week is Best Indoor Roller Coasters. And if you have an idea for a special feature before I get started into this one, again, please just submit it. Uh, Please ask. for that and i will include it in an episode i love getting new ideas for things to talk about unique things everybody's done favorite steel favorite wood favorite ride blah 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 um it's kind of an old and overdone thing for me uh a lot of sites still use it as a gimmick for clickbait i'm i'm just kind of over it uh so anyways moving into the favorite indoor coasters out there of mine uh probably going to start with We'll start with the honorable mention first. Um, it's kind of a classic, and people do like to argue over whether it is a coaster or not, but it is Blazing Fury at Dollywood. Um, not as good now that the water is gone. I know some purists really, really like the water. Um, I'm probably one of them. I don't know that I'd call myself a Dollywood purist, but I know Brent, who grew up in the area, uh, really misses the water and says that it made it... Uh, made it what it was. Uh, it's still a great ride, great kind of old school animatronic theming, something you would sort of expect to find like a knockoff Disney attraction, like an old, old school, you know, it's nothing Disney quality, obviously, but it's a great ride. Blazing Fury is a great ride. Um, it's fun, has some little hidden jokes in it. And uh, it's pretty cool to tour inside the building too. Uh, if you ever get a chance to do the events down there, uh, sometimes they offer that. Next up, I'm going to say the Dark Knight Coasters. Um, I've been on the one in Chicago. Um, And it's, of course, themed to Batman inside, kind of themed to the movies. Uh, When the movies were hot, that's when it was built. You could tell the theming is kind of dragged down in recent years, but it is still a fun indoor coaster. Uh, It has, you know, basically like you're roaring through Gotham. it's a fun ride. I think it's the theming is what makes it for me on that one. Um, so not much else to say on the Dark Knight. Uh, it's one of my favorites. The next one is a little depressing for some of us and for others. Uh, probably glad it's gone. Um, but Disaster Transport at Cedar Point. Um, originally Avalanche Run. It was outside. It was a bobsled or flying turn. Actually, flying turns coaster. If you go by the way, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon called it. Um, but they enclosed it basically because sand was blowing into the flumes. And I don't know if it was getting stuck or not. That was before my time of going to Cedar Point. But um, it was turned into disaster transport. And the theming was just so funny uh, and weird. It, and it really wasn't kept up on at all in typical Cedar Point fashion. Uh, 
but it was a great it was a great little coaster. It was fun to fly through the dark. Um, it was actually even better at night because the way they enclosed the coaster, the light would still shine through some of the building and th- through the top of the tubes. Uh, so you would be able to have light shining in uh, in little place that you wouldn't see like all daylight. Um, it was really sad to me when they demolished it for something as simple as a B&M wing coaster. Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper is a great ride, don't get me wrong, but I think Disaster Transport was a lot more special. It just obviously didn't have the ridership and the efficiency that the park wanted. So I understand the decision to get rid of it. Um, it was just one of my favorite indoor rides and probably the first indoor coaster I ever rode, honestly, being from Ohio. So that is uh, my next one. After that, uh, Rock and Roller Coaster. And who can leave out Rock and Roller Coaster when you talk about indoor rides? Uh, Disney really pushed the envelope. You know, they had never done anything super thrilling like that before when they built Rock and Roller Coaster. Um, and they built it indoors and they got Aerosmith. And I mean, I like Aerosmith music. I don't know about you guys, but it was a great, or it is, not was, is a great coaster. Um, despite going through multiple rumors of being taken over by the Red Hot Chili Peppers or being torn out for something else. Um, Rock and Roller Coaster hangs in there. It's stayed strong. It's had some minor improvements to the queue over the years. So that um, that's one of my favorites. Uh, probably uh, my favorite coaster at D- Disney World, at Walt Disney World. That's probably my favorite coaster. I'm trying to think if there's anything that would knock it off at this point. I don't think there is because Everest to me is not that great, except for, for the night rides. And if you didn't listen to our last episode, I did include Expedition Everest in the night rides. So be sure to go back and take a listen to our old episodes. Great content, uh, good talking points, and you can respond to any of our episodes too. So uh, moving on. Uh, coaster one coaster that's near and dear to my heart and not its twin but i guess its brother that has a different layout um revenge of the mummy and that's revenge of the mummy for universal studios hollywood and universal studios orlando both completely different track layouts i had the honor privilege of working revenge of the mummy uh back in the mid 2000s uh so Revenge of the Mummy is a fun ride, uh, not just to work. It's a fun ride, period. It's a great storyline. Actually, the queue tells a whole story, and of course, I learned it from working there. But um, the queue of Revenge of the Mummy tells a story of Reggie, who's supposed to be getting Brendan his cup of coffee and basically gets captured. uh, And we see him in the first show scene after we get on the coaster. So, And the coaster is like part dark ride, part coaster um if you like like faster more exciting coaster universal orlando is the one for you if you like going backwards longer in the dark which is kind of cool it is a great effect it's universal hollywoods is good in its own right and i do like universal studios hollywoods um a little bit less though from universal orlando that's probably a sentimental thing um i've heard people say both sides of the spectrum on that but they're both great coasters. They both have great effects, good storytelling uh, from the movies. And it's it's just something that brought it to life. I only wish, I guess my only wish there is that we didn't have to lose confrontation at Universal Orlando to get Revenge of the Mummy. 
Um, but we did, so that's uh, where we stand with that one. Finally, we come to my all-time favorite, and that's from, I mean, from theming to operation to ride experience to, oh, just about everything. My favorite indoor roller coaster is Space Mountain. And no, not Space Mountain at Walt Disney World. Space Mountain at Walt Disney World is, I'm sorry to say, it's garbage compared to the one at Disneyland. The one at Disneyland, you sit side by side. The ride runs very efficiently. They have, even have a wonderful ADA system uh, for loading like wheelchair guests onto the coaster. Um, they can load at their own pace. It does not hold up the operation of the ride. They basically have an advanced high-speed transfer system that takes a train off, puts another train on, and keeps rolling through. So you can keep, as an operator, you could keep loading general public trains while the uh, wheelchair guest is transferring at their at their comfortable pace. Uh, similar to what you see at like Toy Story Mania. I just love the idea. Um, and then the music. The on, there's onboard audio for Space Mountain at Disneyland. And onboard audio is a lot better than what they tried to do at Disney World as an afterthought. Uh, the onboard audio at Disneyland is is good. It's pretty much synced up with the movements of the, of the ride. And the ride is pretty much pitch black dark um, once you get in the coaster portion uh, after you blast off. And the even the audio, the audio even has like a countdown as you're going up the lift hill. It's just always been a really fun, surreal experience for me. I uh, may be a little obsessive over it. Brent uh, has pointed that out a few times to me when we've been at Disneyland. But definitely my favorite indoor coaster. Actually, probably in my top 10 steel coaster list. Uh, just regular steel coaster list for sure. Just because of the experience it provides. Um, the, the wonderful theming. It's almost kind of like, I hate to say it, it's almost kind of like Star Trek once you get in the inside queue. It feels like Star Trek more than Star Wars. Um, and then they have the overlays. Speaking of Star Wars, though, uh, I had a chance to experience Hyperspace Mountain, and that had some cool laser effects and and different Star Wars music on board. They they can change it, and they put it in so many themes. They had Rock and Space Mountain at one point, and there's just so many things they've done with Space Mountain at Disneyland. Um, just makes it so versatile, so much fun, and a, a great coaster. If you question going to disneyland if you're just a coaster enthusiast and you question going to disneyland i definitely recommend it obviously not just because it's disneyland but i mean you have space mountain there we talked about california screaming last week for night rides um and matterhorn is is the birth of arrow basically as far as arrow coasters is concerned so matterhorn being the birth of arrow should be enough to get you like as a classicist or historic uh study purposes um, to Disneyland. So that about conclude, concludes the um, talk on indoor coasters, best indoor coasters. What's your favorite? Um, give me some feedback. Leave us a message here on anchor.fm app if you're using that to listen to us or give us some feedback on our social posts. Uh, be sure to subscribe to this and our YouTube channel. Please, please, please subscribe. Uh, and we will be back next week with a new episode, latest news. And like I mentioned, t- probably talking about what makes a good vlogger or blogger if Brian is unable to join us. 
that will probably be our special feature. So just be sure to subscribe so it auto-downloads on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening on right now. Uh, just give us a subscribe. I really, really do appreciate it. Once again, my name is Jim for wildgravitytravels.com. That's our website. And you can search us on any of the social media platforms. And we will be there. Have a great week ahead, everybody. Stay warm if you're in the cold north right now. And stay safe. Talk to you next week.